And when everyone else abandoned us, when my mother sent me to live with my grandparents, when my father, you know, didn't, didn't seem to express any concern about my whereabouts, when teachers were cutting me off, when faculty of school was cutting me off, when the superintendent and the school board of, of, the, uh, of, of, of Moore, of the Oklahoma City School, when they gathered and they made a decision that, you know what, we can't handle you no more. See, that, that's, why, that's why I praise God with reckless. I don't care what anybody thinks about my I mean, people coming in. Well, people are crazy. Yep, amen. You know what? You weren't there. When everybody else abandoned me, the only one that was there for me was Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could say, take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how he cares for me. Amen. But I want to I try to, to help you because uh, church, uh, coming to church and church attendance has been something that people have, have gotten away f- from uh, since COVID. And I really believe it's been the attempt of the devil to keep people away from what we call the house of God. <clears throat> but anyway, let's let's go to Isaiah chapter fifty-five. I'm gonna give you a bunch of scriptures today, and I'm not gonna. I promise, I'm not gonna keep you. I'm, well, I will promise you this: we're gonna get out today. <laughs> I mean, that ought to give you hope. You're gonna get out on the same day you came. So anyway, no, we're we're not, we're gonna try to make this quick. It says this: uh, fifty-five verse six, Isaiah, uh, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways uh, your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and uh, returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. In other words, the, the, the Bible's making a comparison between seeds that go into the ground and bring forth uh, a harvest, whether it be food, whether it be trees. Um, they produce. Seeds produce. Seeds produce. Listen, if you, if you put a seed in the ground, it's going to bring forth something. Because a seed is designed to produce. You don't determine what it produces, but you do determine whether it's sown. You can't, you can't determine how many apples are going to come out of an apple seed. But you can determine whether or not any apples come. If you keep the seed out of the soil, there's nothing coming. But if you'll put the seed in the soil, it will produce. The soil is designed to grow whatever you stick in it. Some of you, what's sprung up in your life, what's coming up out of your life, is coming up out of your life because it was a seed that you sowed in the soil of your own heart. Uh, you know, the, uh, what we speak, what we say, the words that we speak. That's that seed that goes in the soil of all. You know what? Some of us need to quit saying. Um, some of us. 
Some of us need to quit saying, oh, man, it's Monday again. I sure hate Mondays. Some of us need to quit saying, thank God it's Friday. Because now all of a sudden we got this one day that we think is the best of all. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times our words, our words produce, and that's what this scripture is saying. Um, this scripture is saying that uh, the word of God, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it to. Amen. But the part we've been concentrating on is God's ways being higher than our ways, his thoughts being higher than our thoughts, and that uh, God wants us to understand his ways and understand his thoughts. Now, let me, let me uh, share with you the, uh, what I felt like the Lord put on my heart for you today. Um, you know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of reasons why people choose to quit coming to church. COVID was just uh, the excuse that people needed to get out of the habit. You know, most people were coming to church, but they a lot of people come to church just because of guilt, because uh, their grandmother said they was going to hell if they didn't. Um, they, went, they, went to, they went to church because uh, it made them feel better about all the nasty stuff they did all week, you know. And, you know, they were, they were putting in their time, kind of, you know, getting in there, making sure that they uh, did what, was, uh, what they thought was right. And, but when, when COVID hit, a lot of the things that, we, that were, uh, I'll say this, wrong with church, you know, it just, after COVID was over with, church just wasn't appealing to anybody anymore because of the condition that the church was in. And let me tell you something, the church hasn't been in good condition. The church has been, the church has been in terrible shape. And, and I'm going to tell you why the church has been in terrible shape, because the church has had terrible leaders and terrible leadership because there have been so few people that have been willing to stand boldly and declare the word of God to tell people what the Bible says and not only just tell people what the Bible says but live what the Bible says to do the things that they're preaching from the pulpit and many many people over the years have been looking and observing and seeing these examples of, of people who have gotten in the pulpit and preached one thing and then their life reflected another. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God wants to prosper people. I believe God wants to bless you. I believe God, I, I believe God wants to take you a long way from broke. You know what? I don't just preach that. I live that. Amen. You understand? And so some of you say, oh, you know, that preacher, he don't seem like he needs anything. I don't. Boy, you know, I was, telling, I was telling this. I don't know if I told y'all. I think I did. I was telling this at Revival last week. Do you know, I forgot to pay myself last year. Um, toward the end of the year, uh, I, I was getting busy, and I forgot, to, I forgot to write my paycheck. And so uh, I didn't realize it until February. And so I called David. I said, David. Because uh, he takes care of our payroll tax, I said, David, um, I forgot to pay myself. Uh, I forgot to pay myself um, the last uh, in December. In December. In December. When when everybody's trying to, you know, when everybody's trying, I, I'd forgotten to pay. I said, I forgot to pay. And and uh, I said, so. Make sure that it reflects on what you pay toward our payroll taxes 
um, you know, on, on that last quarter. And he said, well, it's too late. I've already paid it. He said, but we'll get a credit for the next time. Then his next, his next statement was, Pastor, who forgets to pay themselves? <laughs> who forgets to pay themselves? I'm going to tell you something. And this isn't a brag, it's just a fact. You know, we, 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 we don't just talk about this stuff. We live, we live this. We, we trust the Lord. We believe God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We're not 100% perfect. But a part of what the difficulty has been in church is that you got people up there preaching and people will see, wait a minute, they're not, you know, they're not really. And then what they're preaching is kind of, you know, um, well, it's not, it, they're just not telling everybody the whole truth. So something, something needs to change. Something needs to change. So let me, let me tell you something first. Some of us have an unrealistic expectation of what church is going to be like. So let me walk you through the Bible a little bit and tell you what you can expect to see at church. Now, most people will be like, signs and wonders, because that's what we do. Signs, wonders, well, we're going to prophesy, and in the last day, bless God, God's going to pour out His Spirit, and the angels are going to sing, and feathers and jewels and gold dust, and, and, and uh, uh, the lame are going to walk, the blind are going to see, and, and all those things are true. But let me, let me tell you the things that most preachers fail to tell you about what you can expect when you come to church. Are you, are you ready? I probably, here's what you can expect when you come to church. Acts chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, and this is in the English Standard Version, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. Um, this was church. In church, there are going to be people that complain. <laughs> and look what it says. The Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. I hate church. You know why I don't like church? Because there's all kind of cliques. Well, guess what? <laughs> In church, you can expect there to be certain groups of people that relate to one another. You know, it's, it's kind of strange. But when we, here in a minute, when we have our, our supper, when we have our dinner, you know what you're going to find out? You're going to find out that black people gravitate toward black people. And Hispanic people, some of you looking at me like I'm racist or something. Hispanic people gravitate toward Hispanic people. It's because we have something in common. Now, you know what? Some people are like, well, it shouldn't be that way. Why not? We have something in common. We have something in common. You know, some of you, some of you, what will draw you to whoever you decide to have supper with here in a minute, some of you, you'll just hang out with the same people you came with because you can't bring yourself to have supper with nobody else. <laughs> Yet, some of us who, who will do that are the ones who complain that church is cliquish. <laughs> you know, I, I found a way to get rid of cliques in church. Don't hang out with the people you want to hang out with. Hang out with somebody else. But you know what? That's kind of unrealistic, isn't it? It's unrealistic to think that everyone that comes to church is going to, 
is going to uh, do that. You know why? Because not everybody that comes to church, number one, is a believer. Not, number two, not everyone that comes to church is in good shape because the church has been in bad shape. I don't know if you know this or not, but pe when, you, when people come to church, it's because it's the end of the road. Church isn't filled with people that are the cream of the crop. Church is filled with people that were bottom of the barrel. Amen. When, listen, God didn't choose me because I was good. He chose me because I was desperate. Everyone else gave up on me. You know what? Church, I finally had friends. The only reason I have friends is because of Jesus. <laughs> See, some of you need him. Amen. <laughs> so this is, this is what existed in the, in the early church. There were complaints. Uh, there, was, there was clicks. And, and look, look what they were complaining about. Because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. They weren't getting their soup on time. Which may happen if I don't hurry up here in a minute. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. So they had to, they had to solve this problem. Now, book of Acts chapter 5. Here's what you can expect to see at church. These are the kinds of people you can expect to find in church. You can expect to find you can expect to find complainers at church. You can expect to find people that are clickish at church. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing negative. It doesn't have to be negative. You can break into another group. Amen. Ted thinks he's Mexican. See, <laughs> yeah. Pray for him. Amen. Hey, <laughs> never heard anyone speak Spanish with a hokey accent. Say, <laughs> look, look, even even Hilda can't hardly bring herself to laugh. <laughs> All right, Acts chapter five, verse one. Look what it says. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and uh, brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Guess what? In the early church, in the book of Acts, there were liars in church. <laughs> why, why is it nowadays we come to church and people are shocked when someone lies? <gasps> I ain't going to that church. There's a bunch of liars in that church. Yeah, you're one of them. Come on now. How is it that we can? How is it that we can be so harshly, judge so harshly others? What we have found ourselves guilty of, at least at some point in our lives. Amen. Amen. I know some of you right now, some of you right now say, I'm, I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. Get out your license. Tell us what it says your weight is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? see? Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> some of you just can't bring yourself to change that number either. 
You go, you go, you go to, how often do you have to renew? Every three or four years, whatever it is. Every four years you go, they say, do you still, they, you know what they had me at? They had me at 120 pounds. Or no, 185, 185, 185. Annie was, Annie's like way down there. 185 is what they had me, 185 pounds. They asked me for years, they said, um, says you weigh 185. I weighed 300 some odd pounds. They said, says here you weigh 185. I'm like, keep it. <clears throat> I just want to remember. I just, my whole face, my face took up the whole square. My fat is rolling out of the square. You know what I'm saying? Out of that little square. My fat is rolling out of the square. 185 pounds. I had cops look at me like. <laughs> Update your license. So he said, you lied, you lied to the Holy Ghost. Why? Why for your. Uh, uh, anyway, Ananias, why has he filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back? For yourself, part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did, did it not remain your own? <clears throat> and after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to men, but to God. And so he goes through this whole process. You know what? There are people that are struggling. When people come, they're hurting people come to church. People that are going through difficulties come to church. We, we, we have people that come to this church that they're going to try to get your personal information so they can hit you up on social media and ask you to help them out with groceries. Let them borrow your car if you can buy them some clothes. And you know what? They go from church to church to church and from place to place to place to place doing that. And some people, they end up getting hurt because they were taken advantage of by someone who lied in church. See, that's why after COVID, some people never came back to church. Because they're like, you know what? That church is a mess anyhow. No wonder they shut down. But some of us didn't shut down. Some of us decided if we die, let us die in the army of the Lord. Amen. I know some of you are like, that sounds crazy. Amen. We were made for this. All right, okay. See, see, some of you like, some of you seeing something here. I could tell. Because, yeah, there's going to be miracles. Yeah, there's going to be signs and wonders. The sick are going to be healed. The bound are going to be set free. There'll be a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled the house where we're sitting. Revival. I mean, you want to talk about, there will be people crying, running, shouting, laughing, dancing, and we're going to have a grand old time. And you know what? God's going to touch the liars. And he's going to touch the complainers. You know, you know what's bad is that once we find out who those people are and God's spirit begins to move and those people get happy and they say, we sit back, we're like, look at them. Putting on like that, acting like they all that, they ain't all that, I know them. I've, I've had people call me up and say, Pastor Zig, I would come to your church, but you know what? So-and-so goes there. Tell me the name of a person. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, I know them. I'm like, heck, I know you, and I'm willing to let you come. <laughs> and you're so much better? 
Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's have you. You are good all the time. All right. First Corinthians chapter. I'm going to show you somebody else that comes to church. First Corinthians. I've got to pull my britches up here. I'm not losing weight, Jeremy. Pray for me. Um, so that I don't have a butt. I need a Brazilian butt lift just to hold my britches up. Carolyn has encouraged me not to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting close. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need some junk in the trunk. <laughs> That's your problem too, Ted. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> anyway, 1 Corinthians. You can count on this too at church. People laughing at this church anyhow. Now some churches are like, not, not here. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. This is in the church. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why hadn't somebody been preaching this out of the Bible? You know what? If some of us had started preaching that there were these difficulties in the church, maybe some would have come back after COVID. Maybe some would have come with realistic expectations instead of coming looking for people that were completely perfect. See, you know what we'd have realized? We would have realized that we are all we're in we're all in this world. We're not of this world, but we're in this world and we're working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And some of us are a little bit farther than others, but you know what? We're all in the same boat. It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. That was in the church. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Not my church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, at your church, the man didn't run off with his mother. The mother, mother ran off with the preacher. Anyhow, praise God. But you know what? Here's the, here's the thing. People struggle. People struggle with sexual impurity. Listen, if they're struggling with it in the world, you know good and well they're struggling with it in the church. People, where'd that come from? The kitchen? <laughs> Jasmine in the kitchen. That's right. Amen. Here pretty soon, kids are going to come out of children's church. Amen. <laughs> we're, we're, a lot of people are shocked when someone goes through a divorce in the church. Really? And some of the people that are shocked have been divorced seven times. Well, yeah, I shouldn't be that way. Well, what about you? What about the, what, what happened with your first seven marriages or your first marriage or your first two or your, I mean, after a while, okay, you want to get it straight. You understand what I'm saying? After a while, you need some premarital counseling. But <laughs> it's, it, it's, marriage is difficult. Annie and I, we've been married 30, what, 34 years this year. 34 years. 
I'm going to tell you something. It ain't easy being cheesy. Amen. It's not easy. Well, she's like, well, it was for me. See, but for me. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are challenges in marriage. And some marriages end up in divorce because guess what? Some people married the wrong person. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with that. doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. It's true. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather some people split up than kill each other. All right, praise the Lord. All right, well, let me, let me show you one other thing, and that promise I'm in closing. Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter 4. Is this, is anyone seeing anything here? You know, these, these, and I could go through. Listen, if I went through the Bible and picked out all of the things that happen in church, you'd find out there's a whole lot more than what I'm sharing here today. But just in the interest of time, I'm sharing a little bit. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 9. It says, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, do your best to come to me soon for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. This is in church. I would go to church, but I went to church and, and I, I made friends with somebody, and then they just up and deserted me. They just wouldn't come. They, they ghosted me. I was just talking to someone about a pastor that has ghosted me for the past 10 years. I show up in his town, three minutes from his church, invite him to lunch. I'm calling him. Cherie's calling him. We're texting him. Hey. I don't, I don't think we've resorted yet to sending flowers and fruit baskets. But anyhow, I don't think it would help. There's some that are just going to desert you. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, for, maybe for right reasons. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they left you because they were tired of, of every time you got together, you'd, you'd, you'd dump on them, but they didn't have nobody to dump on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're in, uh, you're, you're in friendships, you're in relationships with people, and all they ever do is they, they just want to call you, and they want to dump on your porch, they want to throw all their trash on your porch, and as soon as they feel good, they're like, I'm so glad you're here to listen to me. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, I was going to talk to you. Hey, I, I don't have no time right now. But, you know, when I need to dump on you again, I'll call you back. You know, these are the things that are keeping us from really breaking forth and being the spiritual church that God wants us to be. Because people, you know, uh, people don't have an aversion. People that need Jesus don't have an aversion to Jesus. They have an aversion to the church. Mostly because of unrealistic expectations. You know, if we can keep things in perspective and realize that some people are going to go through. I have been unfriended by members of my church.
They're, they're, they go through something, and when they're in the middle of going through something, the first thing that happens, they drop off. They, they take me off their Facebook. They drop me off of Instagram. On all social media, I'm gone. They elimin- I don't know why they eliminate me. They're having problems with somebody else, but I'm eliminated. You know what? I don't get my drawers in a bunch. You know what I think? I think, well, probably it's good that they eliminate me because I probably don't want to see what they're posting. I probably don't want to see the pictures that they're putting out there. And, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. You know what? When I get another friend request, six months later or eight months later, however long it takes, I'm not all, no, you unfriended me. I ain't putting you back on my one. I ain't getting caught up in your drama. Don't, you ever notice people that don't want drama are the people that draw the most drama? Oh, I just don't like the drama. Well, okay, quit creating it then. Listen, I'm preaching truth here. Amen. But it's unrealistic for you to believe that you're going to come to church. There's going to be no drama. You know what I love? I love when people first start coming to church. You know, um, Brandon and Rachel are new members of our church, and we're so glad to have them and their children, their family. And um, I could tell they fell in love with the church, and we fell in love with them. It was like they'd been with us from the beginning. Well, then Rachel came to me several weeks ago, and she said, Pastor Zig, I'm called to do worship ministry, and I believe God wants me to do worship ministry, and, um, but I don't know what the process is of, of being able to come and be on the worship team at Winter's Church. We haven't been here that long. I mean, they've been here since last year. We haven't been here that long. I mean, there have been people walked in the door that, you know, had a mark on their neck from a guitar strap, and Eric was like, hey, you want to play today? <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rachel was trying to go through proper channels. She, you know, she's bringing, you know, she's bribing me, bringing me, you know, a little food here and there. Yeah. No, no, she was. <laughs> she said, what do I do? I said, talk to Eric. I said, talk to Eric. I said, come to practice. I think, you know, I think that's the deal. I said, Eric's really in charge. I said, but I said, I, I, as, pa- as pastor, I'm going to tell you this. You are about to get a look inside. You're about to look behind the curtain. If you don't want to see how this thing functions, (laughs) do not go behind the curtain. Because you know what you're going to find? You know, you see this worship team up here worshiping God with all their might, but guess what? They have problems. They have difficulties. Sometimes they have difficulties with one another. Sometimes they have issues on their job, in their family, in their marriages. Are y'all hearing me today? I said, Rachel, as long as long as you as long as you adjust your expectations, because when you get in ministry in a church, when you start when you start being a part of helping, guess what? You start to see you don't just see the sparkly parts and the shiny parts. Now you see the stuff that is tucked in the back in the dark that don't come out till someone makes somebody mad. That's why. Listen, if you're single, if you're single uh, and you have not yet found your, uh, you know, your. Uh, other half, make sure before you get married, you make them mad first. Because you don't want to find out how they are when they're mad after you said I do. 
Listen, people that say, we, people that have been married say, we've never argued. We've been married for years. And it, let me tell you something. Those people don't know each other. I don't care if they've been together. You don't know someone until you scrapped with them. You, you, just, you just want to pray. If you didn't get to know somebody, you just pray that they don't have a knife. You understand what I'm saying? Because you come away missing some parts. <laughs> Demas, he left. He left me. Uh, he's gone. There, there are people that are going to leave church. There are people that you have invested in, people that you love. Some people are going to leave church because... You know why some people leave church? Uh, because, they, uh, uh, because they didn't get to take advantage of people in the way that they wanted to. There's some people that will come to our church and they only want to come to our church in hopes that we'll, you know, that we'll help them out financially. There's some people that come to church and they have a need to be needed. And so, you know, they, 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 get, they get around and when people are like, yeah, you're awesome. And they're like, yeah, but you know, I really, I really need you. And people are like, come on, grow up. You can do it. Right. Time to be strong in the Lord. <laughs> I love to tell this story. It only happened one time, but I love to tell it. When Eric was our drummer before he was a worship pastor, and he came to church one time, and he came under the influence. He kind of stumbled in, you know. No, he's not the only one. See, some of, some of y'all, you're hiding it. Some of you hung over right now. And I'm, I'm not holding it. Listen, I'm not holding you. This is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. If you smoked a joint in the car before service, this is where you need to be. But guess what? We don't create an environment that is helpful for people if we have this unrealistic expectation that every time something happens, we, we're calling everybody hypocrites and throwing everybody under the bus. Eric was a little tipsy. He tried to mask with cologne. You understand what I'm saying? It don't work. Listen, if you drink before church, don't, don't put on any. It don't work. We can still smell it. You just added to that confusion of aromas that happens in the church setting. You know, you walk in. You, you walk in, it's like Christmas and Valentine's. It's like every holiday wrapped into one. Eric looks at me, he said, Pastor, I can't, I can't, you know, you, I don't feel good. You're going to have to play drums. I'm, I'm feeling sick. I'm like, dude, you ain't sick. He says, I know. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing everybody thinks I'm going to do is, you're off the team. Listen, if, if you want to get kicked off a of worship team and have a reason to be bitter toward church people because you got kicked off because you did something stupid, this ain't the place. Now, this doesn't happen every time. I, this is the only time this happened, I think. Maybe maybe once or twice. Uh, Eric's like, you're going to have to play. I'm like, no, uh-uh. 
I'm in my head. I'm like, no, I ain't playing today. I ain't doing. I ain't, I ain't doing it. I said, no, Eric. I said, what you need is up there on them drums. I'm. He couldn't have touched his finger on his nose. You understand? <laughs> he made his way back to those drums. They started. Listen, didn't nobody know? Didn't nobody know? Eric kilted that. I'm, listen, he played on a level like I'd never heard him play. Now, that's not to say you should go get drunk and come to church because you're going to function on a whole new level. But there's, there's something about. There's something about engaging. When you engage in doing what God has called you to do, and in your mind you think that you haven't performed well, that you messed it up, there's no way God could help you. When you go and you start, that's why I tell people, if, if you're struggling, come to church. Because you know what you'll find out when you come when you don't want to come? You're going to find out that he loves you anyway. That he is for you. That he is not against you. That it doesn't change his plan for your life. That he will redeem your life from destruction. That he will raise you up and make you strong. Eric played on a different level that day because he thought God would abandon him. And you know what God said? God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And there's something about experiencing that that causes you to believe it. If you've never experienced it, you don't believe it. If it's never happened to you, you don't believe it. But when you're drunk and sitting on a stool behind a drum set and people are worshiping God and you're playing better than you've ever played before, you're like, my God, I know there's a God. Best times I've ever preached is when I had road rage on the way to church. I got mad at somebody because they cut me off. Got out of the car and pounded on their window said, what are you doing, you idiot? But I didn't cuss because I'm a Christian. <laughs> I mean, it hadn't happened to me for years. But when it did, back in the day, a long time ago, when I had issues with anger, you know how the Lord told me I was going to win the battle over anger? You're going to have to worship me even though you got angry. Oh, yeah. Even though you got stupid. You know what? You know, every time I pulled away from one of those encounters, after I'd done that, I felt bad. But you know what I started doing? I started lifting up my hands in that moment I felt bad. I said, Lord, I praise you. You love me in spite of myself. God, you knew this about me when you saved me. You knew this about me when you committed to me. When I committed to you, you knew I would be unfaithful, but you're faithful anyway. You know the other thing I was afraid of? That I'd get to church and those same people would walk in the door. Oh, I have a twin. I have a twin. <laughs> Go to Philippians. This is my last scripture and I'm done. Philippians 4.9. This is, and I'm just giving you one reason why. You know why we need to be in church? Here's the reason why. And listen, some of you right now, some of you are being helped. Some of you have not been in church for a long time. 
Some of you, you're, some of you, you're looking for a church, but you're not really looking. You're just drifting. You're making excuses so you don't settle anywhere. It's a lie. If you were on Maury, the lie detector test would determine that was a lie. <laughs> Did I point at Dwayne for the? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> She's like, why he pointed me? Why he pointed me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start pointing at you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do you know why we need to come to church? Number one, because the Bible says we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's something that happens when we, something's happening to some of you right now. And you just, I mean, you're just sitting here. This is the first, some of you, the first time you've ever been here. But something's happening. There's things that are, and you're, tr you're trying, you're trying to not make it spark because you don't want... If you get a spark, if something, if you get connected, what will that mean? Then there'll be this expectation. When I'm gone, people will be like, we missed you. <laughs> you know, a lot of people really hate to hear that. When you come back, oh, the, oh look who it is. Man, I ain't seen you in forever. I almost didn't recognize you. And we're being friendly, and, and, and that don't make people feel people like, oh, go ahead, remind me. We really missed you. You know, you know, people that have been gone for a while, you know what they think? They think, quit trying to guilt me. Quit trying to guilt me. But really, honestly, people just missed you. <laughs> it's, that, it's that cycle. It's, a dead, it's the devil. It's a cycle that keeps us from being able to plug in and become what God wants us to be. Philippians 4 verse 9 says this. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. More than anything, that's the reason why we need to gather. Because the things that you see, that you hear, that you learn. From me as the as pastor, I'm up here and I'm teaching the word. We're preaching the word. You know what? Some some things are gonna happen in here. You guys, we why why so? You know, Ted, Ted's been shouting to me. Oh, that's right. Some of you are like, why does he do that? Well, that's Ted. Why do you sit there quiet? You know, not everybody's gonna be like you, and you're not gonna be like everybody else. Some people going to get up here and dance and shout and then pull their britches up. After them. <laughs> and then there's going to be other people where you don't see that happen that often. And here's the thing. I, I would I'd encourage everybody, you know, most of us, at least most of us. Now, you go to a wedding and most people will dance, but there's still those ones that stand in a corner. They're enjoying themselves. Just don't try to embarrass them and pull them out in front of air. You know what I'm saying? Uh Different people, different strokes, different folks. Cherie, sometimes she'll get in here, she'll go to screaming and hollering. Whoa! And stomping her feet and dancing around, knocking over cameras. <laughs> if, if, you've, if you've ever watched online and everything went sideways and you heard screaming ahead of time, that was Cherie. <laughs> Some people get scared. You know, they're like, my God, what's she going to do? Well, she's about to take off is what she's about to do. And, and here's what some people say. Well, that's, that's kind of scary. No, you know, Walmart's scary. You understand what I'm saying? 
Listen, if you can hang out at Walmart, you can put up with Cherie shouting unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can, you can, you can, you'll be, if you can go to Walmart, you can, you'll be all right with uh, the, the move of the Spirit. Well, I heard some people speaking in language. Is that Spanish? No, it's tongues. That's spooky. No, it's not. It's Bible. It's going to happen. You're going to see the sick heal. We had a lady come in here one night. Boy, I'm telling you, she, she couldn't even sit down for the, she couldn't stand up or sit down for the pain. Spirit of God hit her. She's sitting right over there. Spirit of God hit her, healed her. She jumped up out of that chair, took out dancing, came walking across this, I mean, right in the middle of service, came walking across this. She's like, glory to God. You know what? We stopped and shouted with her. Seemed appropriate. Seemed like, seemed like it was a, a necessary disruption from the way things were going. There's all kinds of things that are going to happen in church. But here's the thing. When you're here, you go on a journey of discovery. And an opportunity is created for you to learn from. Not just me. You'll learn from me because I preach and teach the word. But you know what you'll learn too? You'll learn, you'll learn I'm not perfect and God do, do, does great stuff with me anyhow. And you'll be like, man, if God will do it for him, he'll do it for me. You'll learn that this worship team, they might be fussing. I mean, they might be fussing before church. I don't think we should do that. No, we're going to do it. I'll do it, but I don't like it. Eric be like, come on, y'all. We're going to do this. Sometimes Eric, sometimes Eric ain't even talking to him. Are Are we doing this all right, Eric? Yeah. I mean, do you have any instruction? No. When Eric is answering with one word, he's perturbed. You understand? What I, and so some people are like, well, I just don't think that's right. No, listen, that's I just showed you. That's how church has always been. It's never, it's never not been that way. Church is filled with people that are struggling with life. Doctors report of cancer, a report that their mother's dying. A report, that their, a, a report that their father is missing. That their children are failing the sixth grade. Sometimes it's good news. My boy came home with good news the other day. He said, Dad, they're featuring me on a page in the yearbook. He's trying to ignore me. He's looking down. He said, yeah, he's eating it. I was like, I'm proud of you, boy. That's awesome. I'm awesome. You ought, to, you ought to be able to say that. That's what my dad says every morning. Every day my dad wakes up. He kicks his legs out of bed, looks in the mirror, because the mirror's right there in his room. My, my stepmom said this. He's been saying it for years. I, when I was a kid, he was saying stuff like that. He, he'd come out. <laughs> he, I want to say, I, I don't want to embarrass him. But anyway, he'd sit up in bed, look in the mirror and go, you're awesome. Listen, if you can't tell yourself. But then sometimes it's bad news. Dad, I curved, I curved the Tesla. <laughs> I just destroyed two $2,000 wheels. <sighs> Lord, you are good and your mercy dureth forever. <laughs> he, he has a way, though, of reminding me. He's like... Yeah, but I, I didn't do what Michael did, my daughter. But, but I'm be- it's better than Michael, right? 
well, I guess you're right, you know. <laughs> my, my daughter's car was like going in a hoarder's house. There was just enough room to sit in it, all the trash and a little hole for you to see out of. And you had to wipe it down, you know. I get the Tesla, it's messy. He's like, yeah, but it's not like Michael, Dad, right? Right, Dad? Right, Dad? Yes, son, yes. Stand up all over the place. Did this help anybody here today? We have Family and Friends Day because we want, we want to introduce people to our church. We want people to see what we're doing. And we know some of you have a church home, but some of you don't. Some of you need a place. Some of you looking for a place. You know, some people found out during COVID that they were aligned with people that they shouldn't be aligned with. Because people went in a different direction than what God was leading them in their heart. And so during, during COVID, you know, when some churches shut down, there were people that were like, well, I don't think we ought to do that. I think we ought to, you know, I think we ought to do something. I, I, I see people all the time that are like, man, we need to do the work of the ministry. And there are some churches where they preach about doing the work of the ministry. Then there are people that do it. And we, we do that here. Every Friday, we alternate. Some Fridays we're in Bricktown ministering to the lost. Some Fridays we're at Mercy and Baptist ministering to the sick. So we say, why do you do that? Well, because that's what Jesus told us to do. You know, we're, we got to start a prison ministry. Because Jesus said, he said, <laughs> he said, when, when I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison, you came, you gave me hope. And they was like, well, when were you sick? When were you in prison? He said, well, when you do it for the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So there's opportunity. But I, I just, this isn't an infomercial for our church today. I just want to encourage you to get plugged in wherever it is. If you're, if you're already a part of a church, plug in. If you don't have a church, I'm, I'm just going to say this to you. Welcome home. Welcome home. We love you. Ted, Ted said that to a lady in Ohio um, this last week. First time he ever met her. He looked at her and said, I love you. She looked at him strange and said, how can you love me when you just met me? You know what I realized in that moment? I realized that most people don't don't know that that's the nature of the love of God. That's the way we've been committed. Love is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice. I kind of felt bad for her because she's like, how can you love me? You just met me. Oh, so I have to develop feelings is what you're saying. Ted said, well, you know, the Bible says this, how you would know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And so he said it again. I love you. I don't think he, I don't think it was reciprocated. <laughs> That's all right. Listen, today if you're here and you need, and you need a Savior, we know him. You know, there aren't, there aren't lots of different ways. There's only one way. Jesus said it. He said, I am the way. You know, when you read the writings of other of other people, of other people that are uh, looked upon as deities or gods, or you know, like Buddha. 
You know, Buddha confessed he wasn't the way. Confucius, you need to look for the way. You know, I mean, that's, that's what all these people said. Even Muhammad. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am the way. He told it. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. There's some of you here today, you, maybe you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, you've never accepted him. You've never invited him to come into your life. And today is the perfect opportunity for you to accept him and receive him as your Lord and as your Savior. You say, well, why do I need him? Well, because we're all, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life doesn't, isn't just how long you're going to live. It's the quality of life that you'll live. So today, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, maybe, maybe you accepted him at one time, but you're out of fellowship with God. You're not serving him like you should right now. If you fall into either of those two categories, I want to pray for you today. If you're here today and you'd like to pray with us to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to lift your hand right now and ask uh, ask me to pray right now. Is there anybody? Is there anyone? We'll pray together. All right. If you're if you, if every one of you are okay, which I I believe you. I'm, I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're lying. Second thing I want to I want to pray for is this. I just want to pray that God will help you to discover your purpose. And help you to find your place in his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for the people that are here that have come on Family and Friends Day. I pray, Lord, that today you will help each one of us to discover the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives. Lord, you designed us. You designed us with something in mind. Lord, I pray that every empty one, every hurting one, everyone that is facing difficulty in finding their way, that today you will reach out to them, that you will help them. Holy Spirit, I loose you in this place right now to work on behalf of each person that is here. In the name of Jesus, we turn you loose, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Well, listen, um, I don't want to prolong this because we have supper to attend to. And I already went 15 minutes longer than what uh, I was hoping to go. <laughs> Actually, I'm going a half hour longer than what I was but I didn't want to admit it. But anyway, uh, praise God. But thank you for joining us. So glad that you're here. Please, even if you didn't know we were having supper, please stay and, and at least have some fellowship with us. Um, don't, definitely don't leave until I have an opportunity to at least look you in the eyes and shake your hand and welcome you today. But uh, I'm so glad that you came. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, Lord, bless the food as we partake of it today. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to gather and to have fellowship and to eat food. And so, Lord, uh, bless the food. Bless your people. 
Um, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, just we can mill about. Please have some fellowship with one another.